0: Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers. The Saints are back on the practice field today as they prepare for the 7-2 Titans. Tennessee is coming off a 28-16 win over the Rams on Sunday. Coach Payton and players available to the media Wednesday. You can catch player interviews live around 2.30 on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints app presented by Verizon, and the Saints Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. Obviously, you can catch all of that anytime after 2.30 as well will be available on our website. Saints head coach Sean Payton spoke to the media in the morning. Here are his thoughts on Titans running back Adrian Peterson. It's the one the one player that, man, that, that I've coached where he just knew he just had a different clock than everyone else's in regards to health and well-being. And he still, you know, he still has power. You can see it. That uh, surge on his touchdown run the other night it was impressive. Um, and he takes care of himself well. Um, uh, and so he's, he's one of those unique, unique, uh, athletes and, uh, it doesn't surprise you. Now to break down the Saints next opponent, here's Paul Kaharski of paulkaharski.com and Outkick 360. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. You have such an extensive background in covering the NFL. You've been doing it for a long time. I appreciate you taking some time to give us some insight on the Titans. And if you could, just kind of let us know a little bit about that background, how you got into covering the NFL.
1: Well, um, I was a clerk for the New York Times Washington Bureau uh, in 1993 uh, starting and uh, made some connections there, which was the plan, uh, and got to be friendly with the editor of the Oakland Tribune, who assured me that if the Raiders moved back to Oakland, whatever kind of shuffle they did, I would get a job. And so I prayed for the Raiders to move back to Oakland, and they did. And uh, it turned out that the most financially beneficial thing for the Oakland Tribune was to have the new uh, Raiders beat writer live in Los Angeles, where the Raiders continued to train and then just fly up for the games. So uh, I was the new Raiders beat writer. I traveled every weekend of that season, home games in Oakland and road games, uh, obviously on the road. Every other paper in, in Oakland, in the Bay Area, sent somebody down for the week to cover the team. And it was more expensive for them. So we financially found a, uh, a better way. I did that for a year. And then the Tennessean was looking for somebody to do kind of the exact same thing. Live in Houston with the Oilers and start to make relationships. and uh, And I did that. And then I moved with them to tennessee so for a couple of years i was a real nomad
0: yeah you have definitely settled in tennessee you have been covering the titans for a long time on the radio you have a blog you're a writer definitely impressive work so you're the person to talk to ahead of this game right now we the should. titans are seven and two coming off a great stretch of play what has stood out to you most about this team so far
1: this season well, I, I mean, it kind of gets sick of talking about it down here. They, they've, during the Mike Vrabel uh, reign, so to speak, uh, been a resilient team, but they're taking it to extremes right now. Um, you know, they lose people um, and, and figure out a way to, to keep going. This most recent one, uh, you know, beat the Rams in Los Angeles without Derrick Henry. Uh, they're going to have to continue to figure that out. Obviously, the Saints have a tremendous run defense. Um, and I don't know what they're going to be able to do with Adrian Peterson, Deontay Foreman and Jeremy McNichols that, but they want to remain the same identity wise. Um, Mike Vrabel finds ways to put his team in good position, um, no matter who they're losing, uh, injury wise and, uh, no matter kind of the shape of the game, they fall behind, uh, you know they, they hold people to field goals a lot in the red zone, which really helps. But um, it gets tiresome to talk about their resiliency kind of as their identity. But it 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 really is. They just played in a month: the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts, and the Rams. Which most people would have said two and two would have been a tremendous month, and they went four and zero.
0: It's been pretty impressive considering, as you mentioned, not having Derek Henry on the field this past weekend and you bounce back. I think they only had like 69 yards of rushing offense and we're still able to be effective in this ball game, much thanks to the defense, which isn't always the case in Tennessee. How has this defense kind of stepped up this season and really done outstanding?
1: Yeah, this defense was a nightmare last year, gave up, over 51% third down conversions, had 19 total sacks, which was only the second team with under 20 sacks in the modern era to go to the playoffs. Um, Much better this year, uh, 23 sacks now after a five-sack performance in in L.A. Danico Autry was a hell of a free agent signing from the Colts. Uh, He and Jeffrey Simmons wreaked havoc uh, on Matthew Stafford it really, uh, the whole defensive thing starts with uh, the defensive front. I mean, this team hasn't had a front four that could rush the passer in a long time. And now Simmons, Autry, Harold Landry, who's having, you know, it's his fourth year and he's, he's steadily peaked. He's in a contract year. He's playing great. Bud Dupree, who's coming off of ACL, he suffered really late last season. So he's not at his peak yet, but, uh, they spent a lot of money to get him as a free agent from Pittsburgh. Those four guys are making everything easy. They, they're really beat up in the secondary. Uh, they have a lot of no name corners, Kevin Byard. Uh, the safety is back to, to, uh, all pro form though. <clears throat> and the defense is playing much, much better, still an offensive football team. I mean, if you look at the salary cap, five of the top eight guys are on offense, Uh, if I were to ask most people on the street, the names on the Titans, they'd start with Derrick Henry, they'd go to AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Ryan Tannehill, maybe even Taylor Luan and, uh, and Roger Saffold. Um, but the defense, uh, you know, now middle of the pack or better, uh, in most of the key categories and on the rise. So a much better balanced team and obviously the defense capable of taking over a game like it did against the Rams, which is a very big deal for this team.
0: Yeah, you mentioned on the rise, they moved up from 22nd to 19th after that win over the Rams, and it was Jeffrey Simmons that had three sacks in this game. It's just incredible that they were able to have so much pressure there on the Rams. It's going to be something that the Saints will be looking out for, I'm sure. As you mentioned, lots of the offensive Uh, names for your team there Ryan Tannehill and then without Derrick Henry how have you seen the team respond already to not having him in the game
1: well you know Derrick Henry's a kind of heart and soul guy here they mourned his loss for for the Monday you know that the news came out and maybe the Tuesday and then you know they weren't nonchalant about it they were respectful but they said you know uh we've got to move on and uh Pretty much went about their business. Uh, you know, in my experience, also, you know, guys don't get in the huddle and kind of look around and say, oh, somebody's not here. They, they look around at who is, is there. Um, they're not going to be the same run team with Peterson and Foreman as their primary guys on first and second down. Um, but they are a good enough run blocking team to, uh, maybe get the same amount of carries, which is really what their concern is to keep the identity and the, and the same kind of ratio and balance. Uh, I don't know about this weekend because of how good the saints are against the run. It would have been really interesting to see what the Titans could have done versus the saints with Henry. That would have been a a heck of a matchup. Um, this weekend, probably not going to take the normal shape of a, of a Titans game uh, maybe it wouldn't have with Henry. It's certainly not going to without Henry. Uh, but for the rest of the Titans' schedule, which is pretty easy, two games against the Texans, they've got a rematch against the Jaguars, they've got Miami, Titans are in darn good shape. And in a lot of ways, it's really about looking ahead to the playoffs. It sounds ridiculous for a team that's lost its bell cow, uh, but they're in a weak division. They've got a, a big lead in the division. Uh, Titans are going to the playoffs. Um, With with that schedule, the question is if Henry will be back for that, what Henry will be like, and if the Titans in the meantime can figure out how they win without him, which is what they might have to do um, in the first round of the playoffs. If they don't get that number one seed, um, they'll be at the very least hosting a home playoff game. Um, You know, what kind of matchup do they get and how have they formulated things between now and then?
0: They made it through what was – the toughest schedule in the nfl to start the season and now yes they have a much easier road they can kind of continue as they have then they should definitely be in the playoffs and hopefully uh the saints will be able to rebound through the adversity that they've faced as well looking at that matchup specifically you said it wasn't going to be your typical titans that we'll see on sunday what do you expect them to do to come out with a
1: win well, I think the defense picks up where it left off, hopefully. I know we don't know about quarterback. They know Trevor Simeon well. He was here last year um, at the start of the season as their uh, uh, you know, quarterback off uh, on, on his own to avoid all the COVID potential emergency stuff. Um, and, and they ultimately let him, let him walk. Um, so th- they didn't love him, but they know him uh, pretty well. So they'll know how to attack him. Um, if it's Taysom Hill, uh, you know, they, they obviously will have studied him thoroughly. Um, I, I think defensively they want to get high pressure with the front four, be able to do what they can do uh, coverage wise, what they have been doing with, with big numbers, um, try to get some takeaways, put the offense in good position. And then Tannehill going to have to throw it. To offset this run defense with the AJ Brown who needs to play better than he played last week. He had a couple drops in addition to facing Jalen Ramsey. I know there's good coverage people in new Orleans, but Jalen Ramsey's as good as it gets. And AJ Brown's going to be pissed off about the game that he had Julio Jones, a second game coming off his hamstring should be able to offer more and the Titans, you know, we're going to need some time to figure out life without uh, Henry. So they're a game into that. And maybe we'll see some, some new wrinkles.
0: Yeah. How do you see Adrian Peterson fitting in just slowly getting into the mix last game, but kind of the rest of the season, what do you think his role is going to be like?
1: Well, I think he and Foreman are going to pretty much split up the, the first and second down role with a splash of Jeremy McNichol, uh, who McNichols, who's been effective third down back all season uh, with Henry. He gets the the bulk of the third down work, certainly anything but third and short. Um, so those two guys, you know, are going to have to figure it out. Foreman looked better than Peterson in this game, but that's 10 carries to, to five carries, I think, um, a very small sample size. So they'll, they'll be figuring it out as they go. They'll probably ride the hot hand. Um, and, and again, I don't know that there'll be a hot hand against New Orleans run defense. But um, look, we saw the Falcons get their 25 carries, right? And they accepted 1.4 yards a carry. Um, you know, that's not ideal, but they wanted to get some level of carries, at least in that game to keep things uh, balanced. I think the Titans will strive to do the same thing and hope uh, that they can, you know, at least double up that yards per carry, get, get up, uh, towards, towards three, three yards. Uh, I know the saints are hell bent on, on stopping people from running. So it'll be an interesting, uh, battle there. Titans do run block, Uh, well with an offensive line that's been um, unpredictable in terms of of injuries, uh, especially. But they need to be run blocking well in order to give themselves a chance to kind of get into the pass blocking frame of mind.
0: Sure. And that's kind of what the Falcons did this past game against the Saints. It was a lot of those big explosive plays. Certainly Tannehill is capable of those as well. How have you liked him this season leading the charge?
1: I mean, he's a better quarterback than he gets credit for generally speaking um, play action is excellent he gets grief from a lot of people for being a quote unquote system quarterback I think it's funny that he's criticized for his team finding a way to maximize him I think I thought that's the whole point like yeah if a team finds a way to we see a lot of people around the league, a lot of players and fans say, well, why can't the team find a way to use this guy better? Why aren't they playing to his strengths? And the Titans play to Tannehill's strengths, and everybody's like, oh, well, they're just playing to his strengths. He, he can't carry them on his own. I mean, they're doing the right thing with Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> and he gets criticized for it. It doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. That said, he's not been as sharp this year as he's been the last couple of years. I think he's thrown eight picks some of them uh, of the ugly variety, and he's going to need to play uh, tighter and cleaner uh, down this stretch without Henry uh, in games like this one, um, you know, against Houston and Miami probably get away with some of that stuff. But again, uh, I think this second half for them in a lot of ways is all about getting to that favorable playoff situation and then peaking at that moment. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got to clean it up with those interceptions in order to be ready for that.
0: Yeah. You have had a good pulse on the NFL for a long time. Any teams outside of the Titans that have stood out to you this season that you think definitely are going to be in the playoffs?
1: Well, I've been big on the Chargers. I'm curious to see what they can do. They're opposite of uh, of the Saints in terms of run defense, which isn't going to get it done. They, they've got to to uh, to do a lot better. The Bills have been wildly popular. And mm-hmm. if you look at uh, the schedule, I mean, New England's coming on. They've won three in a row. Uh, the Bills just lost 9, nine six to the Jags. And those two teams, the Bills and the Patriots, have – head to head games in a short span in December. Um, I don't think new England's as good as Buffalo, but, uh, if I'm Buffalo, I'd like to get a little bit of elbow room before those, uh, head to head matchups to, uh, to get, to to get a little breathing room there. I'd be a little bit scared of, of new England uh, coming on. Um, I I, I'm going the opposite direction of what you said. I I don't believe Kansas city is going to resolve things and, and fix themselves the way so many people do. Everybody keeps looking at that division and saying, you know, any, anybody could come through. They just consistently have failed to, even in these wins, uh, you know, 14-7 over green Bay. Didn't look good. Really got throttled here by the Titans. I I don't think they're going to find ways to fix it. And I, I think it's, a little bit of a reset year for Kansas City. So I gave you a team I don't believe in instead of one I do believe in.
0: Hey, that's okay. That works. I appreciate the time. Before I let you go, let us know where we can find all of your work, listen to you, read your stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm at paulkuharski.com, uh, the website I started after I finished at espn.com. Uh, so everything tightens there. And on Outkick360, which you can find uh, on every conceivable platform. Uh, You can watch us or listen to us. So uh, just type it into your browser and go from there. We're on two to five central time weekdays.
0: Perfect. So busy guy, I know you have a lot to do today and getting ready for this next game. I appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Paul for that insight. Also of note, yesterday, Saints linebacker Demario Davis was named as a Salute to Service Award nominee for the New Orleans Saints. The Salute to Service Award is presented by USAA and acknowledges the exceptional efforts by members of the NFL community to honor and support U.S. service members, veterans, and their families. Finalists are scheduled to be announced in January, and the recipient will be recognized at the NFL Honors. Primetime awards special to air nationally the week of the Super Bowl. For the Saints podcast, I'm Erin Summers. Thanks for joining me and tune in again Friday as we'll have NFL Network's James Palmer on the show. Have a great day.